Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of New England Training Camp Live. My name's Nick Stevens. You can call me Fitzy and hit me up anytime at FitzyGFY. This is Friday the 13th, ha, 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 2021. And last night we saw the first preseason game, the first of three for the New England Patriots at the Razor. Foxborough, Massachusetts, Gillette Stadium, and let me tell you, it was a night. We're going to go over what we saw last night in the Patriots' first of three training camp games. It was the first game action for fans to actually go see in the stadium in 586 days, and the Foxborough faithful were on fire and electrified last night. They were electrified, if you will. It was also 103 degrees real time. Real feel at the start of the game last night. It was hot out there. I was talking to all the Foxborough fanimals and the football faithful down that way last night. They couldn't wait to be back. They were a mood. They were a vibe. It was an actual scene down there. We also saw the first time Cam Newton could be in a game in front of fans. And he got himself a big ovation last night. But let me tell you, folks, there was nothing quite like the energy and the noise, the action, the it was it was it was rock star esque. That's the only way you can describe it. It was rock star esque when Michael McCorkle Jones, aka Mac Jones, Mac and Cheese, Mac Sauce, Mac the Knife, Big Mac, made his debut in game action, albeit in a pretend football game, in front of his new fans. And listen, just listen in case you didn't get a chance. Listen to this audio of Mac Jones entering the game last night in front of his new fans in Foxborough. This right here was something else, folks. That actually, me me hitting the wrong button was also something else right there as well. It was it was unreal because it was it was truly it was truly as if like they were welcoming a hero home. And granted, when Mac Jones comes into the game, this is just the first time that he's come in. And Cam Newton, like I said, had previously gotten a huge round of applause because they appreciate Cam for all he's been through, for getting COVID, for what he's done for the team, for his leadership, his charisma, his his entertaining nicknames, everything about him. But I gotta tell you, like the way the way Mac Jones, the way Mac Jones took to the field last night and the ovation he got, I you want to talk about just like making things difficult for Cam. You want to talk about your knowing who your guy is in the future. And we'll get to how he played in just a couple of minutes. Just listen to this hero's welcome. Like I said, a rock star ovation for Mac Jones last night as he took the field. The 25, and here comes the rookie Mac Jones. Welcome to Foxborough. Welcome to the NFL. Oh, look at this place. Tell me they're not ready for the next guy. It's really good to see him wear a real quarterback number two. And you know, for people that are, that are watching the broadcast that maybe haven't been to Patriots training camp, Coach Belichick makes all the rookies wear numbers in the 50s. They sort of have to. That was Bob Sosi and Scott Zolak on the pregame call last night, seen locally in the Boston market and, of course, on the NFL network. Uh, Zoe and Sosi and every beat writer down there felt the same thing that I did. Electricity in the stadium. That was the most electricity I think that I've felt in Gillette Stadium. Maybe since, maybe not since like that last game back in January of 2020. Maybe even prior to that because that crowd was so nervous that night in Tom Brady's farewell game, a miserable wild card loss in the cold January sleet 
to the Tennessee Titans, the last game for Tom Brady in his career. That was a tough night for everyone, weather-wise, game-wise. Everything about it was a miserable experience for everybody, all the way up to the final pick six for Logan Ryan off of Muhammad Sanu's hands. How fitting. Finally, we had some electricity. There's your hope. There's your future. There's the new guy, everybody. This just seems impossible. It's like an impossible scenario. We call it what what they call it in Star Trek. The Kobayashi Maru is being set up right now for Cam Newton because unless he plays out of his mind, like rookie Cam Newton, Auburn Cam Newton, national champion Cam Newton, 2015 Cam Newton, start of 2018 Cam Newton, I don't understand how you're going to convince Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, everyone who watched that game last night. And let me tell you, so many people last night, uh, your analysts, former players like Pat McAfee, uh, pro football talk, one after another, like pretty impressive debut for Mac Jones, pretty, pretty, pretty good. If I'm, if I'm uh, like Hog Haven, which is a big Twitter fan account uh, of the Washington football team, even they said, this was one of my favorite tweets of the night. They said something along the lines of, if I'm a Patriots fan, I'd be pretty excited about this Mac Jones guy. After 20 years of Tom Brady, couldn't you guys have just sucked for a little while? Nope. Sorry. Looks like we found our future. Uh, And the clock is ticking very loudly for Cam Newton. I feel badly because I still think there's enough talent in there. But I was at that in-stadium practice uh, in the stadium last Friday night, uh, six days ago, which I told you guys about in the last episode. Cam's big. Cam is strong. Cam's got energy. Cam's got the moves. He just holds the ball too long. Everything everyone said, your Mike Giardis, your Tommy Currens, the best followers, the best beat writers in town who have been following the Patriots as long as most of us have been alive. These guys get it, and they've all been saying the same thing. Mac Jones makes the Patriot offense look like the Patriot offense we've known for the past 20 years, and it's really not uh, It's not an if, it's a when. It's only a matter of time. Let me bring in my guest right now, and we can actually start chopping up some of what we saw last night. My guest in today's program, he's been down at training camp uh, a number of times this season. One of my guys used to actually be an intern for us here at WEEI 93.7 FM. Now he's spread his wings and he's doing a thousand things, working for Pat's Pulpit. Uh, My guy, Spags, Ryan Spagnoli. Spags, what up? Welcome to New England Training Camp Live with your boy Fitzy on Odyssey Sports. Spags. What's going on? How are you? Hey, there he is. Spags, what's up, man? We're live on the show. Sorry about that. I wasn't sure if you could hear me or not. No problem. Do I sound okay? Yes, you do, my man. Uh, Did you hear me? No, no, no. You're good. You're good, brother. So uh, tell me your first impressions last night as you were uh, taken in the preseason game. You're as excited as everybody else. Give me, uh, give me your first take on when you saw Mac take the field. Um, big guys who made quick impressions, uh, stars of the game, all that jazz. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Um, you know, I, I talked about. It. I forgot how much I, I, I enjoyed preseason football. Really, I mean, you didn't have it last year. Um, it's a chance to see a lot of bubble guys. You know, you it's usually a lot of weeks of practice and OTAs and kind of a long summer. You're technically you know, typically watching meaningless baseball games. Obviously, the NHL playoffs and NBA, NBA playoffs went a little bit longer this year, so you didn't have big of a gap. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was, uh, you know, a few guys. Mac Jones, obviously, Matthew Judon, uh, as good as advertised. I guess starting with Mac, it was great to see him get out there. Uh, one thing that stood out to me was his just his poise and, 
you know, how comfortable he was. You didn't see – you see a lot of rookies go in, first-round pick, fourth-round pick, camp arm. You know, they get erratic. They get anxious. You know, they – um you know, start forcing balls, maybe a little bit too much zip. He looked cool, calm, and collected pretty much the whole night. Um, I think, you know, his his accuracy, his touch, um, you know, his ability to to work inside the pocket and make things happen. Everything we talked about pre-draft, post-draft with him uh, was on display last night. I think if you're a Patriots fan, uh, you walked away from that game knowing that the, the franchise is in good hands, whether that be this year, next year, or whenever he really, you know, I guess takes the keys uh, to Foxborough. So, was super impressed with him. I know the stat line, 13 of 19, 87 yards, um, you know, doesn't isn't necessarily eye-popping. They didn't really take too many shots down the field, but threw a beautiful deep ball to Christian Wilkerson up the left sideline, dropped it right in the bucket. Uh, I think if, you know, they make that catch, that stat line looks a lot better. He's the talk of the talk of the day, talk of national sports today. Um, so a lot to, a lot to like for Mac Jones, uh, obviously first game action. I uh, was super impressed with him. Then uh, obviously on the other side of the ball, Matthew Judon had, you know, a three-play stretch where made a big play on third and short, set the edge, was able to get Barber in the backfield, uh, dropped into coverage in, in a pass breakup, and then had a quarterback hit. Uh, that's something that, that they've wanted from their edges from for a long time, right? Somebody, you know, everybody loves Winovich. Um, you know, he can certainly tuck his ears back and go get the passer, but struggles a little bit versus the run. Judon's a, a do-it-all edge, can kind of play him wherever. I think aside from Stephon Gilmore, he's the X factor of this defense, and he's worth every single penny that they gave him this offseason. Yeah, I, he was one of the first things that caught my eye. We're talking with my, my buddy Ryan Spagnoli, at Ryan underscore Spags. Uh, works for Pat's Pulpit, part of the SB Nation blogging network. Uh, I got to tell you, j- just right from the get-go, so I was working the lots, doing my thing in advance, you know, talking to all the fans, 105 degrees. I sweat through two shirts in the process. Uh and there was palpable energy down there for the first time in a year and a half because we actually had fans down there. But two, I'd say for every one fan, as I just asked him at the end of every interview, Mac or Cam, who you got? For every one Cam, I would get 10 Macs. Like, it's yesterday was the first day his jersey went on sale at the pro shop. This is the want and the will of the people, the Pats people right now. Like, And they got exactly what they had heard about. They He came in as advertised, and they've now gotten their first taste bags. Now, they're not going to want to see Cam Newton, who you and I have seen at the in-stadium practice, at training camp this season, you know, be big and be dancing and be vibing with people and make some great plays with his legs on occasion, throw some nice deep balls to Aguilar, hit Bourne a couple times. But when he holds on to the ball too long versus when you see what the Giardis and the Currens and everyone else told us about, like, it looks like the Patriots offense, like, Mac takes the ball out quick. Matt gets the ball. They're in rhythm. Last night, I saw it. A quick slant, a quick read, screen pass, dump off, hitting a quick curl. Like you said, the one that he dropped in the bucket to Christian Wilkerson, like shame on He should have actually taken his helmet off and done a lap in stadium right there, A, for the laugh, and B, because shame on you for dropping that dime piece. But Mac Jones looks the part. And you can't tell me that that kid is 22 or 23 years old and that was his first game action. And and, and whether you're in the stadium or from the speakers at home, just the ro- he got a legitimate rock stars treatment coming into the stadium last night. Uh, it was spectacular and the fans want to see it. And then on the opposite side of the ball, like you said, Matt Judon, three plays in the first drive. He's in at the quarterback, in on a run stuff, and then on third and two, sweeps around the entire end and grabs Gibson by the legs and pulls him down like, I wanted to see Mac Jones. I wanted to see a, a new look on the defense. 
I got everything. Like I was, I was already satisfied by seven forty-five last night. Then you add in Nordine, and then the baby blunt off to the races at the end, dude. That was a nice night in Foxborough. Harrison's right, especially when you're talking about Tom Brady and how much success he's had. Obviously, the greatest player to ever play the sport, most accomplished, that is. Um, but you see with Mac Jones that the offense runs very similar to the way Brady did it, right? It's He's not going to wow you with his athleticism. He's not going to you know get outside the pocket and make these crazy throws. But inside the pocket, he can pick you apart. He has a great feel, good footwork. Um, you know, like you said, the three-step drop, bang the balls out. Everybody's in rhythm. Everyone's in timing. Uh, I, I just think they're kind of in a, I think, a little bit of a pickle, right? I, I don't think, is, yes. at least me and, and probably the coaching staff, I don't think they believed Mac would be this far along as a rookie, right? Like, you forget that he's 22. He was drafted 106 days ago today. Like, the amount, and, and obviously we haven't seen a first-round quarterback since Bledsoe. I was so young then. So, you know, you, you the hype surrounding, surrounding him is obviously astronomical, but he's lived up to it. So, I think... If Josh McDaniels could have a pick, I think it's it's Mac Jones simply because he ran, he runs the offense efficiently and just the way that they had success for for so long with Brady. But I think with Belichick, it's probably more so Cam because he feels like he owes him that second shot, and and obviously those two have a great relationship. So um, it's hard to tell. I mean, I think I'm not saying Cam's been bad, but I think as a veteran and somebody who's been in the league for this long and obviously had some sort of, um, you know, familiarity with the system and, and how they run things in New England, you'd expect Cam Newton to kind of be, I wouldn't say running away with this job, but certainly look much better than Mac. And I, I don't, I think both of them are kind of on the same page, right? Mac certainly has his rookie moments, uh, but he's right there with Cam Newton. So, and obviously the tie probably goes to the veteran, but I think they're kind of thinking like, wow, this kid's a lot further along than we had thought. Maybe we have some sort of discussion here. Yeah. Like it doesn't look like it's going to be too much. If they throw the book at him, it doesn't look like it's going to overwhelm him. If they say, guess what? You're starting the first game in a 17 game season. And though Cam Newton technically was the first quarterback to take over, he was the man who followed the goat, which was the most unenviable position in so many ways in the NFL and just all of sports last year. You're the future. We're going to give it to you now. I know a lot of people that have been around him, that have worked with him, who have all said the same thing, like it would be great if they didn't have to start him so he could groom and he could take the time to learn the pro game, learn the Patriots offense, and ease into it. But it, but he's a hyper-competitive guy. It doesn't look like Mac Jones is the type who would – like he'll give you the aw shucks and he'll defer and say like, no, Cam is the starter. I'm, you know, I just want to try to learn. We're learning from each other. We're building a rapport and we just want the team to win. Secretly, you know, I've had people tell me that he's John McEnroe level competitive and he's going to want this job. And the way that he's played and the way he showed us last night, he can execute the offense. Yeah, it was a lot of check downs and the easy looks, but that's great. Death by a thousand paper cuts. The You know, the intricately matriculating the ball. That's a tough one to say out there, kids. Intricately matriculating the ball up the field, making the right read, finding the open guy, getting the yak as quickly as you can. And then putting yourself in position to either get points, put crooked numbers up, or take strikes like he did to Wilkerson. That's what everybody wants to see. And we're in a position. Long, but then Cam can also burn you because he can hold on to the ball too long. We saw Chase Young last night leave a burnt shadow of Isaiah Wynn on the field early in the game when he just blazed around him and got to Cam in less than two seconds. 
I'm not saying Mac would just have been able to like Brady up in the pocket and dump off the ball or evade that pressure, but they're going to be gunning for Cam because the book's out on what he does in a Pats uniform, and Mac might maybe Mac will be the best chance to win. So I ask you this, Spags: Could you see the Pats either operating in a system where both quarterbacks get looks, or could you even see Cam? because he was such a good teammate last night running down the field, looking to hug Ramondre Stevenson after his 91-yard blaze. Could you see Cam accepting a backup role, chipping in where he can, and just being happy to be part of the team, being that being that energetic motivator and team leader he's been? Just because I think it's it's tough for – and it's hard to say this because he's handled everything thrown at him. I think it's tough for Mac. Uh, to really develop and, and get a real sense. Also, I, I truly think if you have two quarterbacks, um, you know, just make a decision on one, right? I, I think it's it's too difficult. When do you put them in? One guy's hot, one's not. I, I couldn't see that. I, I would I would think Cam would take a backup role. I think in this part in his career, he kind of he probably knows he's on the back nine, probably finishing up. I think he enjoys it here. His teammates like him, and and I think he'd be able to accept that role. I really do. I think. Um, if he feels that the coaches know that that's the best option for the team, then he's ready to go. I mean, he's one play away. Mac Jones is one play away, right? These guys are, these guys know that. So um, it's just difficult because right. If, if you throw Mac in and it's a little bit too much for him, you don't want to pull him because then you ruin him, and then it's kind of screws up his development. So I've, I've said really all summer, if Mac Jones is going to win this job and win this job for week one, he's going to do it by a landslide. And like I said, I don't think he's – I think he's winning the quarter. Like he's definitely been the better quarterback, more consistent. He's had more better days than Cam. But he's not, you know, blowing him out of the water. And Cam Newton certainly isn't playing, you know, bad. He's looked much better than last year. So, like I said, I kind of think they're they're neck and neck. And, and you'd expect Cam to be a little bit, you know, further along than Mac. But at this rate, I, I don't I don't, I don't, don't know. I mean, I still think Cam's their guy for week one. Um, and we'll see what happens throughout the year. I mean, last night was a telltale sign. Cam played two series, right? He played as much as Brady would in a preseason game, and Matt got two quarters. Uh, so it'll definitely be interesting. I think this week is when it gets real. The joint practices, I think Belichick views those as, you know, an extended regular season game. That That's where the bullets are flying. It's physical. Um, so I think that's where you'll, you'll start to see. And I think this week you'll maybe see Cam play a quarter, Mac play, you know, a little bit more, more game plan, maybe more shots down the field. So this upcoming week is going to be super interesting in, in terms of the quarterback. I exactly. Uh, Spags, that's a great point. I think you couldn't time out the joint practices and then a another preseason game. And now that there's only three preseason games and not two any better, because that puts more impetus, that puts more pressure, that puts more game planning because you're going up against another team who's going to be, you know, they'll be running like coordinated scrimmage action during these joint practices. And you guys, like, you're going to get a chance to see. This is what you look like against another defense who you haven't been sharpening your arrows and your sword against the last couple of weeks. You don't know what they're going to run in the practice. So it's going to be – I mean, you can kind of – they kind of know for a while, but there'll be some variables there, which may throw Mac for a loop. Maybe Cam has seen. Maybe Cam gets back into it, pulls back ahead this week. Or maybe Mac handles that pressure against another fellow Alabama quarterback and looks even more the part on the road next Friday night against Philadelphia who had a pretty lousy defense last year themselves and maybe then get some intel from Jalen Mills too. Uh, I, I think this is a great, a great time like that. Good point too. Also that, you know, even though I think Cam would have liked to have played more because a hasn't played in a while, 
B, last year sucked because it was COVID, and C, he knows Mac is nipping at his heels. Um, he did get a Brady level of starting last night, or rather a Brady level of series work. So that should be a sign to us that as far as Belichick is concerned, uh, it's still the Cam Newton show. But Max made a hell of an impression. How about just the fact that we're excited because we we see something in this kid. We know we have a future. People, Dude, people were literally leaving the pro shop with bundles under their arms last night. I saw no Mac Jones jerseys on anyone when I got there at like 3.30, and I saw hundreds of people in Mac Jones jerseys at the end of the night walking out of this, even just at halftime later, walking out of the stadium. So that should tell you something. Um, Let's run through a couple other guys last night, uh, and then we'll look ahead real quick to this week. Um, Both of us were pretty impressed by Matthew Judon. Uh, I think Jacoby Myers still has those great hands. He's going to be a go-to guy for everyone. How about how nice was it to see Jonu Smith, a tight end, catch a ball and go for more than five yards? Um, and also on the defensive side of the ball, how about seeing some compete from Joan Williams, knowing like my ass is on the line. Like if I want to be the last cornerback on this team, I better make some plays. And he did with the pick and then breaking up that conversion. A tight end really, you know, have some sort of yak ability, right? And I think that's what makes Jonu Smith so um, versatile and the reason why they, they threw the bit, you know, big money at him in the offseason. That's a guy you can line up all over the place. I think he could even be a little bit of a Kyle Juszczyk role to them, right? Line up out of the backfield. Ooh. You know, the underneath game can line him up wide. Like, he he's a chess piece on offense, super athletic, yeah. very young too. Like he's only 25 years old. Um, that's going to be a go-to guy, I think, um, having a tight end, like I said, that can kind of help stretch the field. And obviously when you get Henry back in there too, that's a big piece because that's a guy who can, you know, be a seam threat and really open up the underneath game where you, I think you're going to see a lot of Smith. I don't know if he'll stretch the field much, but that's a guy who can make plays with his legs. They're going to try to get the ball to him in space. And then, like you said, with Juwan, uh, I thought it was interesting too, because Nikhil Harry, right? Like having, you know, setting the world on fire in training camp, obviously requested the trade last year. Everybody figured, uh, okay, maybe, you know, this kid came to camp ready to go. And, you know, he was toasting. Like every time he went up against Jawan Williams and a lot of the receivers, uh, you know, they were, you know, burning him. Like Jawan Williams has not had a good camp. Nikhil Harry had last night. Nikhil Harry played the most snaps out of any wide receiver. Same thing. Couldn't put it together on game day. One target, one catch for four yards. Williams, on the other hand, I think he's, you know, if you were to ask me before last night, I think he was he's off the 50-minute three-man roster. I think they give up on him because there's so much depth there, and he hasn't had a good camp last night. I thought he played really well, switched in at safety, corner. Uh, that's a guy who's 6'3", 6'4", 220 pounds. He's got the length to play outside corner uh, and certainly can play a little bit of box safety, and you can kind of throw him around all over the defense. But, you know, it was very promising to see. I think that's a guy that – and I don't necessarily want to call him a bust just because I think – that cornerback room has been the strength of the football team for the last few years. And Jason McCourty being here, being a veteran, playing a lot of big, big time uh, snaps kind of hindered his development and couldn't get him on the field. This year is an opportunity for him to kind of take that role and maybe, you know, flip flop at safety and kind of be, if they want to go a little bit bigger in the box can be a guy they can do that with. Um, So interested to see what they do from there. Uh, I think that's a kid, very intelligent kid, obviously came out of Vanderbilt, um, kind of struggling to put it all together, but it was definitely bright to see that last night. Yeah, uh, as my buddy Georgie would say, uh, my pal in the Pats fan video series, it's not just step-up time. It's step-up to the streets time for Joan Williams if he wants to make the team. And the same thing for Nikhil Harry. And like you said, lights that like he had uh, it, the Thursday night lights went on. It's show, it's showtime, and uh, 
he barely showed up, let alone showed out when he needed to. So not looking good for Nikhil Harry, not that any other wide receiver, especially Wilkerson, who's got the, the, the prime opportunity to be like Cord- Cordell Patterson to the revenge on this team when Nikhil Harry's not showing up. And he drops the ball too last night. Um, Andrew Callahan from the Boston Herald tweeted this morning, uh, I would not want to be a wide receiver in that meeting room on Friday morning because the tape on the wide receivers last night was pretty woof. Um, so going forward this week, um, I think there's a spotlight now on Quinn Nordine because you do not want to end up in another situation where even though you had Adam Vinatieri at the time and then later on you had Guskowski uh, and you were managing kickers, but they've lost some kickers that have turned into studs on other teams in recent years like Robbie Gould, Young Huku down in Atlanta. I think, you know, as much as – look, you know me. I've, I've been blasting it on social media for the past nine months. I love big kick Nick. Nick Folk stepped in. The folk hero got that big kick energy, 26 in a row, 250 plus yarders for game winners last year. And then now in comes Nordine, who would be if they keep him spags. You ready for this? I got this wrong the other day on the show. It hasn't been seven years in a row that an undrafted free agent has made the Patriots. If they keep Quinn Nordine on this roster, the mighty Quinn or iron leg, as some people were calling him last night on Twitter. Oh, oh we lost spags there. Um, I guess the signal went out, um, but I'll keep going on this front. Um, if they keep him, it would be 17 years in a row that an undrafted free agent makes the Patriots, which is just an unbelievable, an unbelievable fact. Uh, it could be an unbelievable stat if they're able to hold on to him as well. So I got my eye on him. Our eyes will be on Nikhil Harry again this week. Maybe we'll actually be able to see Nelson Aguilar uh, if he's able to get out there and play his team. We will not see Hunter Henry because that shoulder looks like it's going to keep him out until probably the opening, uh, the opening week. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what goes on with Hunter Henry. I do not think you will see him in the preseason. Uh, a couple other guys to keep your eye on as well. Uh, hopefully we'll get to see Chase Winovich come back, get his first game action. Josh Uche tried to make a difference last night. He was all right. I think he had a muscle cramp, which is why he had to get out of the game for a little bit last night. It was hot down at the Razor last night. Um, yeah, so we'll keep our eye out for those guys. And boy, do they need Steph Gilmore to come back. Uh, before Spags, who had a Wi-Fi issue and had to drop out, I want to play one thing real quick for you guys. So last night, as I was working the lots before the game, a couple hours talking to the fans who had made their triumphant return, their first night getting back to the beers, steak tips in the parking lot, blasting their favorite classic rock, and just hanging out with all their buddies. Uh, oh, Spags is back. Okay, excellent. Uh, Ryan, were you able to able to reconnect my guy? I am. I'm back. I'm there sorry. It about is. That. Nah, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Listen, it, it, I know the internet can be a choppy thing, even on a vacation getaway Friday like this. Uh, real quick, uh, before, before we wrap up, just give me the guys. I've been trying to think like, it'd be nice to see Aguilar get out there. Kendrick Bourne was already out there last night. Who are a couple of guys you either think need to make an impact or that we'll see a, uh, a spotlight shown on this week leading up to next Friday's game against the Eagles? Yeah, I think for guys that kind of need to have a big week, J.J. Taylor, I think it's a it's a very loaded running back room. I think that's a guy who can, you know, provide some versatility, obviously, as a punt returner. You know, it's Gunner's job, but those guys go down. I think it's good to have some depth there. Um, you know, saw him have, I, I believe, six or seven targets was kind of that security blanket for Mac Jones. When he took over, I think that's a guy that, um, you know, can com- provide a little bit of Deion Lewis type. I know they have... James White and can maybe kind of 
you know, White's on a one-year deal here, uh, can kind of learn under him and kind of build off that rookie season where we kind of saw him towards the beginning of the year and then fizzled out towards the end. Uh, and then obviously on the defensive side of the ball, we talked about it a little bit. Jawan Williams, I think it's a big week for him. Uh, and Jalen Mills, uh, I think with Stephon Gilmore out, they haven't had, uh, they had Jalen Mills playing outside corner the first, um, you know, series. They had Terry McLaurin on him. McLaurin beat him on two routes. Pretty Real good. easy. Yeah. They switched that, they switched that up. Uh, obviously JC was on him. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's the biggest hole of that defense right now. I think, Stephon Gilmore is super important to how they want to run their defense. They, they like to play a lot of press man. Uh, when you put Mills over there, I think you need a little safety help. So that obviously opens up uh, a lot of one-on-ones on the other side with JC, who I think is super, um, you know, he can, he's, I think he can be a number one and shut down most of the guys that he's playing against. Obviously he's no Gilmore, but when you have Gilmore on that side of the field, it really helps them and, and really helps the way they want to play defense. So Jalen Mills, I thought he was rough. I don't know if he's a cover guy. I don't think he's an outside corner, uh, but with Adrian Phillips playing so well, that, that role is kind of taken away from him. So those two guys. Uh, and yeah, I think this week, obviously you touched upon it. It's huge with the joint practices. I think bullets will be flying. Uh, it'll be physical, uh, like regular season action. I think the, the joint practices down in Philly right. will mean a lot more than that game, even though, uh, you know, th- there's real football going on on Friday night, but yeah, interested to see that. I, and I think it's a big week for both quarterbacks. How will Cam do? Um, I think throughout this week, can he build off Thursday night and continue to string some days together? Is Matt going to, you know, build off last night in the confidence and start to, you know, make this thing super interesting with about two and a half weeks to go. Yeah, and it was good to see also like Henry Anderson could push the pocket, uh, look look pretty good on the line. Tayshawn Bauer making some moves last night to uh, keep the positive momentum he built as sort of like a yeah 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 a lot of those guys a lot of those guys look good. They're all pushing to see if they can be, and that's where we are right now. We know who ninety percent of this team is going to be, so we're battling for forty eight to fifty three over the next couple of games and through these joint practices, which I think is going to be fun. And of course, like I said earlier, like I, my eye is on the kicking battle because folks been great, but like, you can't let a talent like Nordine go, especially if he's got a huge leg, you have an inclement environment like new England and you can hold on to him for a long time. He's a cheaper option. And then he's yours for years to come. And if you think about it, like the core of the Patriots special teams will have been rebuilt to potential all pro levels all across the board. I don't know who's going to take over for the great Matthew Slater one day, but Jake Bailey is an absolute weapon. My God, still just blasting 60 yarders like it's nobody's business. Olszewski, all pro last year. Nordine looks like he may be competing for the job. Uh, you know, those it's it's pretty. And then now there's a lot of, you know, good running backs and Stevenson, Mac Jones. Like there's a nice young core building for this team. Um, and I'm super excited about that. The prior two years were really rough, right? You had, Harry, then Williams, uh, uh, Stidham, you know, Sony, like just, yeah, yeah, Sony, right? Isaiah Wynn, who's been fine when he's on the field, but he's played, I think, 19 of 57. Uh, but the last two years, you came away with Michael Onwenu, Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, Mac Jones, Barmore. Um, you know, I'm probably missing a few, um, but uh, Uche, like said, yeah, Uche, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they, they've they've got a nice little core here. They got, you know, I want like to say, new wave of players, right, that they can sort of build around and. They have a good mix of vets, both that have been here in Hightower, Van Noy, and guys that came over that have had a lot of success, like Judon, uh, to learn and, and develop, but also get their feet wet and have an opportunity to be a pretty big piece of these defense and offense. So uh, I like where the team's at. I think they have, a, like I said, really good mix of, 
of veteran guys who know what it takes, veteran guys that came over that had a lot of success, and young guys that are talented and can kind of groom and develop under these guys. Future's looking bright in Foxborough, and the fans are back, and the energy was there as well. I can't wait for – I can't believe I can't wait for another preseason game. I can't even wait to see what's going on at joint practice next week. But the energy and the excitement are back, Spags. Where can the people read you, hear you, see you? For sure. Thank you. Uh, Ryan underscore Spags on Twitter. Uh, obviously cover the team for Pat's Pulpit of SB Nation. Um, kind of got my feet wet in terms of uh, getting down there, getting some some media access. So it's been super cool. Um, obviously have a little bit more content, I guess, this year than years past, being able to get down there and, and see it up close. So I uh, appreciate you having me on, Fitzy. It's always a blast talking to you, my good pal. Oh, man, you're the best, absolutely. And you host the Pats Nation pod for SB Nation as well, correct? Correct, yep, with Keegan uh, Stiefel and Pat Lane uh, over there at Pats Public. comes out every Friday morning. Uh, obviously, have game game time reactions um, and, and go live on Twitter, kind of following uh, games and, and all that. So, Hey, we're just talking about the youth movement and the next generation of Patriots. This is the youth movement and the next generation of people you need to follow and get the perspective and analysis from like Keegan, like Pat, and especially my guy Spags. Spags, thanks for taking a couple minutes and joining us today on Training Camp Live. Be good, and I'll see you in Foxborough, okay? Thank you, Fitzy. Appreciate the kind words. I'll talk to you, man. You got it, buddy. That was Ryan Spagnoli from Pat's Pulpit joining us on New England Training Camp Live. Okay, sorry about the Wi-Fi issues, but, you know, that's how we go in 2021. All right, let me hit you guys up with this, and then I got to roll because I got to do some real radio here at 93.7 FM WEEI. We're going to talk some of that Thursday night maction, lights, camera maction, and so much more from last night. But as I was saying earlier, getting a chance to get out and talk to the fans, uh, they were such a necessary element. They were missing for so long. They hated being home. I hated being at the stadium last year with no one to appreciate what the Patriots were going through or trying to accomplish. All of it stunk. And they said that to a man and a fan and a woman last night outside of the stadium. It sucked. I hated missing my friends, not being able to come cook out, not having beverages with your buddies. Uh, but I also heard this is a phenomenal, speaking of like random stats and facts, you guys are going to love this one. So I, I come across this guy, and he just looks like, I mean, he is living the towny life. He is just, he is a he is so mass horrific, if you will. I just see this guy, and I'm like, I got to talk to him. So I come over, and, I, and, you know, I say to all of his friends, you know, hey, where you been? And you'll hear me set it up in the clip. Let me just paint the picture. I want to say late 60s uh, in a cutoff navy blue T-shirt, jorts, might have had on, like, white high tops or work boots, He's got a cap. He's sitting in a fold-out chair that's got an umbrella extension on top of it. And he's ripping a dart the entire time we're talking. You know, might have been, you know, could have been a Marlboro Red, could have been a Marlboro Light, a little Mar- a little Marby Light, who knows. And he is just, he's just having himself a day because he's so happy to be back in his element. And as you'll hear him detail right now here on our last little clip from Foxborough on Training Camp Live, you'll hear exactly how awkward the entire COVID situation was for him and how much it means for him and his friends to be back. This is your Pats fan stat of the year, or at least of the preseason. Here we go. Where you, you guys been the last year and a half, huh? Actually, you look like you've been in this exact same spot. Let <laughs> this conversation. I'm the one. This past year, I missed 10 games. And in the previous 49 years of season ticket holder, I missed eight. And of those, I missed three regular seasons. So wait a second. You missed. You were forced to miss all the games last year, like everybody else. Yep. And that represented more games than you had missed in the previous forty-nine years. Correct. Man, ain't that some shit? Can you believe that? Can you believe that guy 
had to miss his Patriots 10 games last year from preseason to regular season. Obviously, there was no post. Spoiler alert, the Pats missed the playoffs. The So he had to miss 10 games, which was two games more than he had missed over the previous 49 years. You want to talk about dedication. You want to talk about loyalty. You want to talk about insanity. You want to talk about fandom. I don't know what the misses or everyone else in his life does to help support the, his way through that. But those are the kinds of people that had a chance to get back to it. Those are the people that drive the heart of Pat's Nation. Those are the people this matters that much to. And it was great to see him back. And oh, by the way, he's behind Mac Jones as well. And I have a feeling he'll keep going as long as he possibly can. So long as good Lord willing, we're all able to keep going to the games and stay healthy. And maybe he'll be there for this next wave of future Patriot greatness, which includes the likes of the Olszewskis and and the Taylors and the Duggars and the Uches and the Onwenus and maybe in the Baileys and maybe the Nordines and definitely the Mac Joneses. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of New England Training Camp Live. We'll be back on Monday. Hopefully we're actually going to have somebody from the Philadelphia area to tune us in on what's going down there, what's going on down there, and what they think of what they've seen from the Cam versus Mac battle and the future under center for the New England Patriots. Uh, this is your old pal, Nick Fitzy Stevens. You can follow me across your socials at Fitzy GFY. Follow at WEI on Twitter and at WEI Sports on Instagram, where you can catch my recap video and so much more. And of course, listen to 93.7 FM WEI and uh, of course, WEI.com for the latest Patriots news updates and so much more. Until the next time, when we speak again, take care. God bless. Drink up and go, Pats.